And it's a film called Phone Booth with Colin Farrell and Kiefer Sutherland. Yes. This is a, I, I don't think this is the best film ever, but I think it's good and I think it's entertaining. But for 81 minutes, yeah. I am way more forgiving of it. If you don't know Phone Booth, I want to say this film came out in like early noughties, 2003. Uh, uh, Yeah, 2002, 2003. 2002. I was desperate to see that film. Yeah. Okay, I kept saying, I really want to see Phone Booth. And people would say to me, what's your favorite film? And I would say, oh, Star Wars and Phone Booth, which I haven't seen yet, but like, it will be my favorite film. (laughs) Come fly with me, guys. Like, Avatar 2 is my favorite film. It hasn't come out yet, but I know it's going to be sick. So James, yeah. Past couple of weeks, we've been asking people to write in mm. and email us and, and let us know their thoughts and stuff, and it's happened. People yeah. have contacted us. Way more people than I could have ever thought. Yes, have got in contact. More than which one. Is so nice. More than our mums. More than our mums. More yep. than our friends. Yeah, girlfriends. Actual people. Yes. Who say things like, "I'm really enjoying the show." The people who say that I went back and listened to all your old episodes. Thank you. So kind. But so also, kind. if you've just joined the podcast and you haven't done that yet that's okay that's okay you'll, you'll, you'll get there <laughs> like don't look back at the old ones um, um should we go through them yeah let's look yeah, across let's do, it. let's do it first one we got the first one we got uh i've been listening to your podcast for a few weeks now and i'm really enjoying it i ran through all your episodes in about a week and listened to new ones whilst eating a meal uh do you have a letterbox if so i would love to see some films which you've reviewed and see your thoughts on them i recently watched shutter island for the first time and i really enjoyed it i thought the ending was interesting and although the ending has been known for a while now i was still surprised by how scorsese went about it i'd like to know what your thoughts were on the ending and if you liked the way it was told or not George, Letterboxd, first one. Well, Letterboxd, if people don't know, is a uh, film social app where you can log the films you watch, um, rate the films you like, make make reviews, Mm. follow other people, follow their reviews. Some professional film critics are on there, some directors are on there, some producers. Um, It's a really nice community. You you can also create your own watch list. I've been using it personally for a few years. We don't have an official Pop Kitchen one. I've been trying to get it on James to do it for years as well. You can can follow me if you like. I'm there at George Pulp, simple. Um, just remember that I have been using it personally, you know, uh, and and you know, for, for, because it's been for four and a bit years. Sometimes my opinions may have changed, and sometimes my reviews, my star ratings are high. Sometimes they're low. Don't take it personally, but that's where you'll find my sort of latest activity. We had a couple of people comment, I think, on yes. like various videos. Like, do you have one? So, if you are curious, George Pop, George Pop. As for Shutter Island, I've only seen it once, about twelve years ago. I liked it, but I do remember. Uh, guessing the ending within about 10 minutes. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the way I think about Shutter Island now, it's a film I, th- I definitely think is really good. I, did, I think it is dramatic. Mm. It's almost like melodramatic in a way, but there are like ways in which that story reveals itself and certain scenes in that film I think do burn themselves yeah. into your retina and it is really quite powerful. Leonardo DiCaprio is... Yeah. amazing in it but like i think it spoilers for shutter island the way that film ends where you've got ben kingsley in the room essentially explaining everything yes. to the audience and yeah. to leonardo dicaprio's character like oh, yeah. it is a bit like now we're at the end let me tell you exactly what's all going on which but, is what i said a few weeks ago which happened in the ending of psycho you get to the end of psycho and they're like yes. and this is the reason why this happened and this is why it happened this but it is really good really well told lots of like trippy dream logic yeah. sequences in there well acted and different for scorsese as well it is yeah 
Okay. So there you go. Um, this is from Jamie. You happy to read them all out? Shall I just do Let's that? Let's do it. Yeah. This is from Jamie. Hey, I really love your podcast. I think you guys have a really cool vibe. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, and I'm enjoying listening to you both talk about films and your appreciation of them. Uh, you were talking about British sitcoms and one of your podcasts and made me think of Still Game. It's all mm. on Netflix. Uh, Still Game is one of my favorite sitcoms of all time and I can watch it time and time again. Huge cult following in Scotland, but I've never met anyone who's heard of it until my girlfriend introduced me to it. I'd be really interested to know what you guys think of it. Keep up the good work. Pulp Kitchen is becoming my, a favourite of mine. Oh, bless Jamie. Jamie, you're one of our favourites. Um, that's really great. I, I haven't seen Still Game. Mm. I kn- I'm, I'm aware of it. I do know of it. I know it's got a big following in Scotland. It's the kind of thing I've always like accidentally stumbled across late at night on BBC Two, and I've been like, "Oh, this looks yeah, interesting." Just BBC Two, yeah. yeah. And now you can get it all on Netflix. And I know they brought it back, I think, and it got like, "Hey, we can Still Games back." I've never had someone give me the hard sell about it though. Yeah. I've never had someone say, "You got to watch Still Game," but. Now, now Jamie has done that, so it's definitely going to work its way on my list. I agree. I've heard, I've heard of it, but not heard much about it. But that is like tempting me more to. Yeah, it's just sort of about two uh, seemingly old Scottish guys. One who's like yeah. made up to look old, I, I guess. Oh, is it okay? But it's been going for like twenty years. It's a long. Oh time. right. Oh, oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, proper wow. like running, long running thing. You know. Oh, fine. Maybe I'll check it out. Mm, um, thanks. Next one. Hi guys, I was chatting to a friend the other day about favorite films and how we have films that we love but do not have any similarities. Mm. Do you have two that if you told someone they would be surprised by the combination? Mine is Scott Pilgrim versus the world mm-hmm. and last night, Kira Knightley and Sam Worthington. Uh, and that's from Matthew. Wow. Okay, um, well, first of all, those two films, I haven't seen last night with Sam Worthington, but I, I don't I ha- have I've never heard anyone talk about that after it actually got released. Like, and I don't right. think it even got that big a release. So, wow, Sam Worthington, man, you know, the biggest actor of 2009. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is a really good point about, I, I love mashing two films together and trying to find commonality and trying to find a link. I think to answer that properly... I don't know about you, but I think we should maybe give that more thought in a, another episode. I think there's there's definitely something we could do that, that's like a whole segment. Because I feel like there's been a few times on this show where we have gone, that would be an interesting or unconventional double yeah. bill. And I think we've naturally found ourselves going, you could watch that film and then that yeah. film and they would weirdly work quite nicely together. Because yes. I definitely do have two films, which I'm sure I, I love, but actually don't, you wouldn't mm-hmm. think about putting them together. But I think another day, mm. let's do two films that you wouldn't actually think would work together but somehow do because we've done it we've done a few in, across the episodes yeah the stranger the double bill the better I think the more random yeah. so if you have a random double bill or you have you, you want to give us two yeah. random films that you want us to try and make a double bill or out of we can of. read them out as part of the segment yeah. like, if, if we do that segment you send us loads and we'll just throw them in there as part and, of it and, and see if yeah. we can make them out so yeah okay yeah, alright yes but we'll, we'll another day we'll, yes. we'll basically go through you've got all. potential kid yeah. Matthew thank you um, this is from Perry and this is kind of following on from when I was reviewing Fantastic Beasts yeah. Secrets of Dumbledore and I sort of you know talked about it in the context of you not being emotionally attached to Harry That's Potter right. you didn't sort of grow up on them in the same way and Perry is basically asking I be interested to hear George's thoughts on the Harry Potter films as he is someone who didn't grow up on them. Uh, I watch them every Christmas and basically they get better upon each viewing. I know it may be a slog and he may be a bit reluctant at this point, but I genuinely think he would enjoy them and I think I have a lot of interesting things to say about them. Are you tempted? I I, I am tempted. I, I probably would enjoy them. Mm. I, I have nothing against Harry Potter at all. I don't know why I just didn't uh, progress beyond like the fourth book and film and I've been told it gets very dark afterwards and, more, and edgier, so it probably would have suited me to you, you, you read, like, the, the children's half. Yeah, I know. I, I, I didn't really read the adult half. Yeah. I know. So, um, 
I think I will give it a go. It's just a case of when. A Christmas, I've heard, is a great time to watch Harry Potter. And, uh, to, yeah, to it's very cozy. I've got a. I'm going. You know, I'm going to America ones. at some point. I could got two plane ride, knock out two of them there. Yeah. Unless that's disrespectful, I don't want to waste it on a plane ride. I think tragically, you may you may have just missed the boat because I think <laughs> the films are solid, but I do think they they bank on like you loving the source material right. and like having an, an attachment. Yeah. I feel like now you like watching them at, at yeah. your age, just it might be a bit like. Yeah, I don't. What have, am I doing here? I know. Like, I don't have a nostalgia for the text, or, or an, even a nostalgia for watching them when I was yeah. younger. So, um, nothing against them. I will try. I, I'm open to watching them. If someone put it in front of me, I wouldn't go not watching that. Yeah, I would. I would. I'd, I'd even happily watch the reunion. But um, that's my answer. In like Harry. peak lockdown, we we would do. We were going through them like almost one a night. When the was... next pandemic happens, <laughs> yeah, first thing that's going on. Them, yeah. yeah. Pray it never happens. Uh, this one is from Will. Love the podcast. I'd love to hear about your favorite zombie films or tropes from the subgenre. George, do you have a favorite uh, zombie film that oh, comes crikey. to mind? Crikey. Um, I used to have a recurring dream about zombies uh, when I was younger. It used <laughs> to be really terrifying. You know, just I think I played a little bit too much. The uh, Undead. I think I played a little bit too much uh, Call of Duty Zombies yeah. in, uh, in the Naxt and Totten level in 2009, you know, Call of Duty World at War. Yeah. Um, Zombie movies, though. What, what's the favorite? What's the genre? Okay, all that, I'm just going to reel off something that comes about. Shaun of the Dead, I love yeah. because it's both effective as a zombie film and funny. Yeah. Um, Zombieland, it's a good Zombieland. satirical one. St still works. Yeah. yeah. Um, Not the second one. I saw 28 Days Later, but I know people don't call that a zombie film. Yeah. But, but for all intents and purposes, yeah, that's okay. Really low fi Never got into uh, The Walking Dead. Oh, no, I, ah, see, I, I did. I, 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 I actually forget that I watched probably about seven years worth of Walking Dead oh, and wow, then I stopped. Okay. So I yeah. got like six to seven seasons deep. Could I watch it now and enjoy it? Because it's one I of those things I always thought, oh, am I going to start The Walking Dead? And uh, I just never did. Well, I, I I don't know where it satisfyingly leaves you though because it just kept going. It kept, keeps going. And so I like heard. I jumped off when Negan turned up and it just got really grim, mm. like just relentlessly grim. And I just thought, I'm just um, I'm checking out now. But I, I had a good time with it. Uh, I did like that. What about you? Uh, my answer is a cheat answer because my favorite zombie fiction is The Last of Us, which I know is a game, not a film, but they are literally making it into this very high quality HBO show, which I know I'm going to eventually talk about. But although they don't call them zombies, they're like clickers. That for me has uh, most effectively made me like have such an emotional reaction mm -hmm. to it. And it's like, even though it calls on the classic tropes, even though we're surrounded by these monsters, the biggest monsters are the ones that are inside of us and mm -hmm. all of that. Um, that that game and that story, it can be talked about with all these films because it, it, it is written in the same kind of caliber. And that for me affected me more than I think any other zombie film that comes to mind. So although it's a cheat answer, it's a game, not a film, I'm looking forward to the HBO show, even though I'm very critical of it. Did existing. you... Did you see the Army of the Dead? That Zack Schneider, no. Snyder's Netflix one. No, I need to no, revive it. One yeah. that was shot in really shallow focus. Oh, over stylized, I think a little yeah. bit like Sucker Punch ish. Oh, but, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I'm open. I like zombie films, uh, but I, I, yeah, I, I'm realizing how little I've seen, but I've watched a lot of The Walking Dead. This one is from Alex. Hey guys, been following you on TikTok and YouTube, really enjoying the content. Alex, welcome. Uh, some topics I'd enjoy hearing your thoughts on. Movies that you would like to get a sequel, some obvious picks to get the conversation going. Constantine, amazing film that sadly wasn't appreciated at the time. 
at the time, but definitely has a cult following now. Have you seen Constantine? I haven't. The Keanu Reeves 2005. I and have, and I don't think I agree with you. I don't. Uh, I, I I reckon because I don't have I don't know anything about Constantine. I reckon the IP is cooler than that film was. So so maybe yeah. maybe you are right. Uh, Dracula Untold. I oddly really enjoyed this film, and people seem to hate on it. Luke Evans is brilliant, and the ending is left completely open for a sequel. I believe it was intended as the part of the monster verse yeah. with a vision to link it to Invisible Man, but I could be making that up. Uh, District Nine. I agree. Oh, totally. Please give us a sequel totally. to District Nine. Um, what a great film. That that one, like, I, and I think I think it was pretty groundbreaking at the time in terms yeah. of its style and aesthetic. Yeah. Um, and then he's also done this one of actors that can do no wrong. And he mentions Michael Fassbender and films that took you by surprise. Those two okay. are things that, so I, I want to answer real questions, yeah. but you're giving us like ideas for editorial. We've, sort, we've kind of half covered those a bit before. And also we'd like to cover them in a bit more detail. So just one on about the sequels. We did have an episode, about, have an episode about movie sequels, about talking about ones that worked, that didn't work, etc. Yeah. cetera. You know, in, the ones you suggested for potential ones to have to District 9, yeah. Um, we'd have to think about it to think about what films we really like a sequel to. The other about actors, we have this conversation all the time about underrated actors or, or actors who are good in everything, right? Yes. Well, how is, we how constantly they... say, he says, actors that can do no wrong. Yeah, but actors like, who are good in everything. We've not constantly said, good in everything. Yes. We've said that about 10 times across the, we will, the show. I, I think we will dedicate an episode to it, but like off the bat, like Michael Stuhlbarg, um, yeah. Paul Giamatti, yes. um, Ben Mendelsohn, <laughs> yeah. Michael Shannon. We could be here all we day. We also need to do plane movies because we keep saying good yes. plane movie because yeah. I think yeah. that is a genre. So... I, we will answer. We do have it, but we, I think we will give it like a 20 minute segment. Stay so tuned. Thank you. Um, this is from Matt. Hello, boys. Uh, saw you guys on TikTok. Love the show. Welcome. Uh, I know Thanks. George wasn't a big fan of No Way Home, and I was just wondering what your guys' take on Marvel Disney's monopolization of the comic book film genre is. I personally think that the majority of the impact of the MCU has had on the genre and the industry as a whole is negative rather than positive. There are some outliers, but it seems to me that most of the Marvel Cinematic Universe has left the bar of audiences' acceptance for mediocr mediocrity at far lower than it should be. Right. Uh, it's good to see films like The Batman where creatives are driven by the passion behind the project, but I think the general film industry has attempted to follow in Marvel's footsteps, and we're seeing more and more cookie-cutter productions coming out each year. Curious as to your thoughts on this. Uh, P.S. Sorry for writing an essay in the scene. Well, that's okay, Matt. Um, well, George, want, MCU. Actually, I think you should go first, because I know the way you sort of sum up... Well, I'll I tell you what I will say. Well, what I will say is, we did talk about Marvel uh, yes. in an episode from last year called Defending Marvel, where we tried to look at the positives and, and what we got out of it. Um, but I remember you summed it up quite well. Yeah, I, th I think my current thoughts is that it does depend when you ask me. I feel like right now, I the MCU for me really is only as good as its last film. Yes. So there's yeah. times I've walked out of like Black Widow or Eternals, which I was very critical of, and I'm like, oh, this is just over, uh, over mass produced and I'm not enjoying it. It was very forgettable, mediocre. And then I'll come out of like an Endgame or a No Way Home and I'm like, oh my God, what they're achieving is, is so special and what they've been able to do over 20 plus films. So I feel like the highs are very high, but right now I also think the lows can be quite mm. low. So it is a bit of a, it's not a lock-in thinking that every one of these films is, yeah. is going to be good. I do think it's here to stay. And I don't think it's. I don't think people who love film should be that turned off by the fact that it exists because yes. I do think it is overall a, a good thing. A good thing for cinema. Like I did just see this week that the Batman is obviously like got a gr yeah. sequel greenlit. And even though I do really like that film, the Batman, I want to still see when they go into a sequel. I want them to reinvent mm. itself again and try and do something a little yeah. bit different. Even though that's only one film in, I still want it to to develop. I mean, I I get tired of the imitations 
and the sort of marvelization of like mar- Marvel humor in films. And, yeah. And I, 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 I do. Who wrote that note? Sorry. Uh, that was. Sorry, I've just scrolled past it. That was Matt. So Matt, I, I, I see everything you're saying, and I, and I do, I do understand that. A bit as James is saying, though, I take it on a film by film basis, and I really just go by how good the last film was. Because also, I, I do how, whatever film I'm watching, I do try and just take it on the the. 90 to 100 to uh, two hours that's right in front of me yeah just how does this work as, as a period of time and if you get too stretched into the macro elements to it it kind of sucks away from the film and I, I always like to think when i go to like review right a film on, a, on this podcast which, right. you know, who, who actually cares but i always think is is this not i always think who this a film is is for and it doesn't have value for more yeah. than just yourself yeah. so like if there are 25 films now you sort of have to have seen to know exactly what's going on but i'm mm. also like that's also a lot of homework so yeah are each of these films now going to be good enough for someone who just wants to go and see a fun action film and i think that's actually quite important yeah, to but then also the, other, the counter argument is it's just the world's biggest TV show, yeah. longest running TV Strap show, and, and it's it. like, well, we have an we've gathered an audience over this amount of time. We've invested time in gathering an audience to tell this massive show. Yeah, um, if it's not working for you, well, you either go back to the beginning or you just don't play the game. You play something else. No one forces you to see any of this stuff. Yeah, so there you go. Um, Chrisana, very quick one. Have you seen Artificial Intelligence or AI? Thoughts on the film? I haven't heard many people discuss this film. George, have you seen AI? I haven't. I watched the first 15 minutes at a pub in Cyprus. Um, I think my parents thought it would be a children's film and then they started to get really sad and they were like, no, and they, they took me away. I would like to see it. I know it began with Kubrick, ended up with Spielberg. I know famously... Uh, that's interesting, you can tell. Yeah, uh, Mark Kermode didn't like it at first, now really likes it. Mm. Um, Jude Law. Yeah, Jude Law, Haley Joel Osment. I think I, I think I really want... I think it's on my watch list. Um, I want to go out and really properly watch that i weirdly saw artificial intelligence when i was much too young to appreciate it what what year did it come out 2001 yeah so i would have seen it probably within a year of, of that and i don't remember it well at all because i was uh six or seven years did you old have to look at your watch to see how no. because <laughs> <laughs> i was uh <laughs> carry the four. Back. Yeah. <laughs> no i was like six or seven years old and yeah it, you're right nobody talks about it so therefore i've not had it mm beamed into my consciousness something I need to rewatch. I wonder if it is much more deep and interesting than I think I've ever given it thought to be. Another thing we might talk about in the future, because I had this conversation with a friend recently, is when you tear uh, Spielberg's filmography. He's had S-A-B-T, yeah. yeah. Is this top-tier Spielberg, mid-tier Spielberg, mm. or low-tier Spielberg, okay? That could be a good one. And I would love to get into it right now, but we'd be here you know, for the whole episode. I think we might want to do a little bit of what prep What is either. Spielberg's next film, do we know? yes. It is a film with about his parents. Okay. And Judd Hirsch is in it. And somebody else big is in it. I think maybe Jesse Plemons might be in it. I'm not sure, but it's about his parents. Oh, is Tom Hanks in it? I don't know, but it's it about sounds his like parents. Spielberg things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> maybe in the lead up we can do a little yeah, ranks sure. of very career. Last one, this is really quick. Um you know, we just last episode did underrated films. Ryan says, really enjoyed your underrated films episode. Films missed, colon, margin call, revolutionary road, rain over me, and liar, liar. Okay, uh, I'll begin with liar, liar. I yeah. absolutely agree with that. I love liar, liar. We talked about Jim Carrey recently. We talked about Jim Carrey. That is the one that isn't mentioned. People always go, Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, The Mask, and all the 1994 stuff. And then they talk about serious stuff, but they miss out liar, liar. The... 
Lilai is like a Frank, a, a Frank Capra, like a good coming, like it'd be like a Jimmy Stewart kind of story if it was made 50 years before, yeah. right? But the physical comic acting- He of, literally uh, throws himself yeah. around that film. Fantastic. But it's also very witty as well. The script's really fun. Yeah. Um, it's electric. It's electric. There's a really small detail I noticed at the beginning of that film when I rewatched it recently, which is that at the beginning when he's coming out of the courthouse- and he's celebrating. A lawyer walks past him going up the stairs, goes, oh, you won again, Fletcher. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I did. Now that film was made in 1997. And then the, the person who walks past him was Chris Darden, who was one of the uh, prosecuting lawyers in the O.J. Simpson case. Wow, who would have been very okay. famous at the time because he would have had this huge media spectacle about him. How and I only know that because I'd done a massive deep dive on the O.J. documentary that twice. So interesting. And I was like, that's Chris Darden. Yeah. Uh, but and also there's a line in liar liar i love and and recently you know i had a quite a protracted flat hunt which was just like yeah. a nightmare and there's a line in liar liar where he obviously he can't tell a lie and he's trying to get to work and um there's this homeless guy outside who's just like chasing him for change and like why won't you give it to me why won't you give it to me and he's like mm -mm. and then he just explodes and he says i just want to get from my car to the office without being confronted by the decay of western society <laughs> yeah. and that's what i felt about like when i was looking for a flat i was just like i just want to open my door in the morning and not be confronted <laughs> by the decay of Western society. Um, um, it's like, like a lot of things we said about Jim Carrey, which is true for many films, but only Jim Carrey could have done that performance yes. in that film. Yeah. Um, it, go and YouTube the this pen is blue oh, red yeah, yeah. scene. The goddamn pen is there's blue! there's one scene to look at where you could, yeah. no one can refute the genius of yeah. Jim Carrey. Kids can find that funny. Yeah. Adults can find I, that funny. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, um, just, oh, margin no, call. I've only seen once... <sighs> It's funny because I just rewatched The Big Short, okay? yeah. which I liked really. I enjoyed it much, much more now. As I'm, I saw it when I was like 20 and now yeah. I'm like 20, 27, 28, that I enjoyed it much more. I, I might have the same reaction to Margin Call. I thought Margin Call was glossy, full of lots of famous people, but there was a point towards the end that I got a bit tired. There's a bit of Paul Bettany, just sort of like, it was quite posy and, and postulating and, I, and I'm not sure I've really missed it. But Margin Call is one of the most pushed films on me on mm. YouTube. Yes, always try clips and, of Margin yes, Call. You know, the boardroom meeting. It must have been the same time. I bet clips of that film were going viral and was being, for some reason, the algorithm gods were just suggesting yeah. it on people's pages because I had the same. I was like, why am I getting clips? Yeah. For it's Margin the scene where Jeremy Irons goes like, explain it to me like yeah. I'm a golden So you're retriever. going to sell something you know has no value. Yes. That's my yeah. Kevin Spacey. Um, yeah, that's what I would say about Margin Core. And I haven't seen Revolutionary Road in the other one. Uh, Rain Over Me. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen either it. the Adam Sandler, Don Cheadle one. Yeah, uh, Margin Call, I, I think, is good. It is very glossy and shiny, and I like the way it builds through like the levels of mm -hmm. uh, of, of, of like yep. people of importance. I think that's quite fun. Revolutionary Road, I think, is fantastic. I really, really do like that film. It's very dark. It's not... I, th I think the way that film was marketed with Leo and Kate reuniting for the first time since Titanic, I almost think people got a different impression of it, and mm. it's not... It's not it's not an easy watch, but I think it really is brilliant. The book is also very good by Richard Yates. One more thing, sorry, talking about uh, Margin Cord. That was the, I believe, directorial debut of J.C. Chandler. J.C. Chandler's next film that he went on to direct uh, was All Is Lost with Robert Redford, Alone in yes, a Boat. I've seen that film, yeah. Which is, I enjoyed, yeah, actually. Yeah, it's really, really good, good film. No, no line, no, no lines. Just, just Robert Redford in a boat in the sea. Of, really yeah. good film. And then he made, uh, which I could have talked about last week, uh, a really underrated film called A Most Violent Year, which is, Excellent. Oscar Isaac. Really good. Jessica Chastain. Yeah. yeah. Um, about um, just setting like, it's not actually that violent, just like the title. <laughs> it's just, it's about um, like a businessman, slightly mobbish, slightly involved uh, with dirty money in like this crisis in, um, in 1981 where the, the crime rate was so high in, in, in New York. And there's a scene 
with like a beautiful blue clear sky of a chase, a traffic jam on foot chase across the Brooklyn Bridge. Yes. I think it's a really, really good film. There, there will be loads of underrated films yeah. out there. Please keep sending them in. But that is all the correspondence for this week. Thank That's you. So and much more than I could have ever thought. Stay in touch. <laughs> keep, keep, keep them coming. If you want to ask us a question, send us an opinion. Hello at pulpkitchenpodcast.com. So, George, I've just shown you the first still mm. from the upcoming Barbie movie, yes. which is starring Margot Robbie as Barbie, Ryan Gosling as Ken. It's being, uh, it's, I think, screenplay by Noah Baumbach, and it's being directed by Greta Gerwig. And I, I think this is going to be a good film. And there's one thing I'm thinking of, which is Barbie in Toy Story 3. And I think if they can touch anything along those lines, yeah. this is going to be a really funny film. When you said Ken, I was like, Michael Keaton as Ken. That was so funny. Do you remember? He, yes. He's the voice of Ken yeah, in yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Toy yeah, Story so 3. Um, I, uh, Greta Gerwig could do no wrong in my eyes. I, at the moment, I, I loved Lady Bird. I loved Little Women. I really yeah. like Noah Baumbach too. And yeah, they're going to take a very subversive approach to this film. Like, you, I, I'm there. You can't do Barbie. You can't do Barbie as it was in no like way. whatever TV shows they did. Like, no. it obviously has to be like satire turned up. But yeah. I don't, I don't want to overhype it. But Margot Robbie per perfectly yeah. cast. They've also got her lookalike from Sex Education, Emma Mackay. Is she uh, Emma McKay? Like? Yeah, she looks a lot like Margot Robbie. All oh, right, does she? she? Yeah, yeah, she does. Anyway, yeah. she's in it as well. I don't know who, but like, I'm I'm all on board. I think like Ryan Gosling's got great comedy chops. I think Margot Robbie's yeah. pretty good. I, I'm in. When I'm when's in. it out? I don't know. I don't know. in the future, but I'll be there. There's no trailer yet. It's just that still. But I don't know. It just got my mind thinking, and I saw the people attached, and I'm like, yes, yes, I, I I'm, I'm I'm on board. Okay, James. Uh, you and I have talked about this a bit before. I wanted to share this with everyone. One of the dilemmas in the overly streamed world that we live in, where there's so much choice, it's a Friday night, you've got the carousel in front of you, yeah. you know, over inundated with stuff. Flicking what do I watch? What do I watch? Subscription yeah. apps. You spend half an hour trying to find something. And I also know if you try and watch things in a group setting, it's even harder to find stuff. Nightmare. But one, I think there is a magical seed that is the key that opens all doors for when trying to choose a film, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the 90 minute film. Mm. I, I will watch anything that's 90 minutes. And I also think that if you're a 90 minute film, you have permission to do anything because I know whatever happens, good or bad, I'm coming out of here in 90 minutes. Yeah. I've been in rooms with people trying to, we're trying to find what to watch and they go, the conversation always ends with, well, how long is it? 90 minutes. I'm sold. I'll yeah. watch it. There's something about, you know, the week, I always want to try and watch more films and sometimes on a weeknight, I don't actually get down to relaxing till about nine o'clock. Yeah. But if you give me a two, uh, sorry, a one and a half hour film yeah. at nine o'clock, I'm like, I can be done by 10.30. Yeah. I can be in bed by 11. Yeah. That is a functional man's movie night. Yes. Whereas sometimes there are films that, that are so long, I go, oh, I just, mm. I can't do it. And then there's also this idea that you give a film too much time. I think you open yourself up to criticism yes, by being so long yeah. because you need to justify your reasoning for taking that much time, which I yeah. think was like some of the ways I was criticizing Batman. I was like, why are you taking yeah. this much time to tell your story? I agree. It, it, you can check out. There's almost an indulgence of being like, oh, we're going to stick around for longer. It's like, no, come in, be almost workmanlike and craftsmanship. Like we're, yeah. we're going to keep this to a tight 90. We're going to come in and tell you the message and then that's it. And I mean, there are some great films out there that are under 90 minutes. Or yeah. you know what? I will take... 
up to 99 minutes. If yes. I see 99 minutes and less on a thing, I'll be like, that's a 90 minute movie. I've got some just over, but I've gone, well, credits are sometimes like three to four minutes. Okay. So I'm going to give so you basically a, in the, there's a buffer. Okay, there is a buffer. I mean, some films come in at like 82. And then I'm like, we yeah. are really on to a win now. Yeah. We are really good. But do you see my point about, I will 100%. watch it. I will go for it. So it's one of those things you can say, oh, you got to see it. And it's only 88 minutes. Yeah, I'm sorry. You'd add it as like a bonus why you should see it. Um, so I wanted to, I told James the other day, so start thinking about 90 minute films, what we're yeah. going to talk about. So you've got some here. I want to talk about it. Let's see. I think the first one I saw, this is 91 minutes long. So okay. fine. Ha- John Carpenter's Halloween. The original. Oh, yeah. You like that film a lot. Minutes. I like that film. And it's, it's, it's a fantastic thrill. You'll never not think about the boogeyman in the same way. Sure. I could go on for ages about why it's so good, but it's, it's got enough to set you up on why that's scary. It's got a really cool opening scene and that film just keeps you with that score the whole time and right at the end, you do feel like the ending goes on because like he just doesn't die, like Michael Myers doesn't die, but 91 minutes, in and out. Great film, you can watch it over and over again instead of appreciate it yeah. for the things you missed. John Carpenter's Halloween. I have seen that. Mm. I do like it. However, I saw it at the Prince Charles Cinema on its 40th anniversary on Halloween, the day of Halloween, to, to right. watch Halloween. What's that experience like? Well, uh, not what you'd expect because a lot of laughter. Because uh, it is a bit silly, silly now. Yeah. And people weren't really taking it seriously. And I think people who maybe knew it very well, you know the bit, 40-year-old film, spoiler coming yeah. here, where he like gets back up again. And he's just like, yeah, people found that hilarious. Okay. Which is a shame. Yeah. Um, Good suggestion, though. Yes. I've got one. I'm going to reach back into the sands of time, actually. I've got an 86-minute classic. Yeah. If I said to you, black and white film made in 1945, you'd probably be thinking, when am I going to watch that? All right. Hey, if you're going to watch Brief Encounter, one of the best British films of all time. Right. 86 minutes long. I'm in. Absolute David Lean classic, romance, you know. um, Were films shorter back in the day? Not from what I've seen from Sunday afternoon films. Some of them are long. Yeah, it's got the epics, which are really long. Or an A picture, a B picture. But mm. Brief Encounter is a wonderful story of a, uh, for as a housewife uh, in the 40s. And uh, she sort of has this, keeps running into this guy at the station um, who's a doctor, Alec Harvey. And they strike up a friendship and develop uh, a relationship. And it's really about the, the role of how uh, women in in that era, which was um, for a film to focus on sort of um, women's domestic issues in that time was wonderful. And and you really get invested in this love story. Mm. And it, you know, I know there's the cliche to the uninitiated of a black and white old film made in 1945. It's like, that's going to be like two and a half hours long. It's going to drag. and It's going to have a couple of advert breaks in it and whatever. This is like 86 (laughs) minutes. I I put it this way. I put it on for my family a couple of Christmases ago. And it was a bit like, the, you know, the temperature in the room was a bit like, this could go either way. George is making us watch this. And at the end of it, they were like, that's good. And 90 minutes. That's what everyone <laughs> yeah. said. Like, and it was like 86 minutes. We've not lost our whole evening um, to it. It's a, a Brief Encounter is genuinely a, a, an all-time classic and, and a really brilliant film and probably up there in my, on a, you know, one of my favorites. It's just really serviceable even now. You know, these compelling romances, Call Me By Your Name, the before films, all these the seed of that you see in Brief Encounter. There's something just ultimately heartbreaking about a train station platform. Yeah. And it plays on that. So it's, and it's so romantic, the steam coming out. Well, there's of the, reasons that train station platforms are like literally in every single yeah. film. Yeah. Check it out. But Brief Encounter, 86 minutes. My next one is a film we've already talked about, which is 86 minutes and it's Liar Liar. Oh, it's, okay. it's 86 yeah. minutes. I mean, yeah. like, look, a lot of comedies and romance films tend to be on the shorter side. They tend to not 
yeah. need that much time to tell a story. But for every all the reasons we already said about Liar Liar in the correspondence, 86 minutes, one of the greatest physical comedy performances of all time, done. Do you know what comedy films would be better if they were shorter? Any Judd Apatow yeah, film. Yeah, he likes a two and a half hour He film. he. I will, every time I see his films, I'm like, oh, what's the run time? I watched The King of Staten Island recently. Right? Yeah, I've okay. not seen that Which yet. Which is but... fine. Yeah. It's okay, but... It's 40 minutes too long. Yeah. It's, it's two hours 10. And I'm like, if you just cut that down, mm. it would have been much more serviceable. You really like strike. And then it just becomes not funny, not very dramatic. It's such a shame. Yeah, keep it tight. I think Knocked Up is my favorite of that sort of genre of Judd Apatow films. I think that one does something, I think, quite special and, and funny. And that mm. one, I think, it does feel long. But mm. I think that was quite a nice, satisfying ending where I was like, you got me there. Whereas there's other ones, I think funny people really dragged on. But there's and an interesting idea in funny people. Which there is. Like. And the same with This Is 40. There's something in something there. Something in This Is 40. This Is 40 gets too long towards yeah, the end. Yeah, but again, this is it. he yeah. ruins it. And it's yeah. King, the King of Staten Island has something in there that's interesting. And then he just goes, oh, okay, here we go again. Yeah. So, yes, Lie Lie. Lie Lie. We already talked about it. A great 89-minute film that I mm-hmm. watched during lockdown, which is regularly available on Film 4 and stuff, Sexy Beast with Ray Winston and Ben Not Kingsley. Not seen it. Not, Not seen it. it. No. Sexy Beast is made by Alex Garland. No, not Alex Garland, sorry. Sexy Beast is the film that was made by the guy who made Under the Skin with um, Scarlett Hansen years later called uh, Jonathan Glazer, right? Right. He's made like two, three films. Sexy Beast is about Ray Winston playing a retired gangster uh, in Spain. And it's basically a lot of him at the beginning, like sunbathing. His skin is like red leather. And he's in this like idyllic, like tucked away villa in Spain. And he's by the he's by the pool, and he's just like sees it. And he goes like to a to a local Spanish bar, and he like sips a pint of beer, and he's like, "Oh, that's lovely, that yeah." And he's loving his retirement, yeah, in this coastal you know bit of Spain. And then Ben Kingsley turns up as doing a performance that is so wild but really entertaining. He plays Ben Kingsley talking fast like this. He goes, "What?" Yeah. You might have heard the clips where he's just like. Um, no, 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 no. He's like, and um, and he turns up and basically says, "All right, Ray, you've got to come back to London. We've got a job for you." And Ray's like, "No, I'm I'm retired, mate." He's not called Ray; he's called like Gal or something like that. But he's like, <laughs> he is Ray Winston, um, though, isn't but, it? But but it's like um, it, they have this tension, this scenario where he comes to say, "You've got to come back to London," and it plays out like a play. You've got Act One is Ray Winston fine. End of Act One is when Ben Kingsley turns up, and then you've got this. And there's a history with this guy. And oh, I don't want to ruin it. It's just like, it's a perfect bag of tricks. And it's, what I like is it's got witty scripts. It's stylish. Doesn't stay too long. It's got a couple of stylistic flourishes, but it doesn't indulge in too long because it's uh, only at 90 minutes. You describing it like a sort of theater piece makes it make sense yeah. to not drag on and too it's, long. And it's tight. It's really serviceable. Really entertaining, funny. And even just for Ben Kingsley alone, I, I'd mm. watch it. I think, and you know what? It, it might be underrated, James, as well. Is it? Whoop, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. So, yeah. Sexy Beast, 89 minutes long. Nice. Um, this is a quick one, in case you didn't know it was this short. At 93 minutes is Train Spotting. Yes. Um, if you haven't seen it, that's a great one to do in the middle of the week. And if you have seen it <laughs> and you still love it, you can watch it for only 93 minutes. And also, it's edited so quickly that it'll probably feel like three minutes. Yes. Yeah. Just the pace so, just, yeah. just goes and is great for all the reasons I'm sure you already know long ago into Train Spotting. Like the 90 minute films we're talking about, we are really trying to race through these. Yeah. Um, 
I want to give a shout out to uh, a film that came out last year that is dead on 90 minutes. It snuck out on Amazon Prime. It's called Palm Springs with uh, Andy Samberg. Oh, and, I um, know this film. Yeah. Uh, and the woman from uh, How I Met Your Mother. How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. But I saw the trailers for it and I thought, oh, this guy's actually. Again, one of those things that like it's about uh, they get stuck in a time loop. Like Andy Samberg's been stuck in like Groundhog Day for ages and then she gets stuck as well. So they're stuck together. So yeah. it's a slightly different spin on it. And it's, they're stuck at this wedding in Palm Springs. And you know what? It's fun. It's funny. It's got some sort of wacky ideas, great music. And it might try and stretch itself a little bit about the deeper meaning of it, but it's fine because it's only 90 minutes Boom. long. So it gets out of it and I had a really good time. That for me is that like, that's a great Friday night, put that on, deliver. It's the kind of film that I haven't seen it, but if it was 15 minutes longer, you might have lost your patience with it yeah. and not have thought it was a good film. Yes, exactly like, that. Is this like the cure for bad films? There is such, yeah, there is. There's such a nice, like, we figured it out. <laughs> such a nice, tightly well packaged thing about a 90 minute film I really mm. love. Um, 88 minutes, Airplane. Great. A great comedy that I think you, I reckon there is, if you haven't seen it, there are so many scenes I think that would have been quoted to you yeah. a million times. Yes. But it is still so, so funny. I, I can't say how many times, because I'm a bit of a clumsy guy and I yeah. regularly spill water on myself and I'm yeah. drinking whatever. And I always, when people look at me, I always go, I have a drinking problem. And yeah. it's from, you know, in the <laughs> yeah. airplane when he just chucks the yeah. thing in his face. Um, yeah, all of that, you know, tickets, smoking or non-smoking. And yeah. Uh, great, yeah, a classic, well done. Tight. Talking about brutal violence with the Northman, great uh, 91-minute film mm -hmm. called Blue Ruin, um, Blue, which is a, like an anti-revenge film. So the guy at the beginning is getting revenge for something he was getting revenge. He's in Blue and Ruin? No one you would have known. Okay. No, no one famous. But it's got, uh, it's the whole first 15 minutes is basically shot in silence and it's very cinematic because it's show, don't tell. Yeah. And then it's punctuated with Jesus Christ moments of like, well, that's really violent. I don't know if you ever saw Green Room. It's by the same guy, Jeremy Solnir. Um, again, that's also like 90 minutes long. No. Blue Ruin is also, yes, you're sensing a theme here, incredibly underrated. Definitely check that out. Um, that's a great 90 minute film. Nice. This is the shortest film on my list at 81 minutes. And it's a film called Phone Booth with Colin Farrell and Kiefer Sutherland. Yes. This is a, I, I don't think this is the best film ever, but I think it's good and I think it's entertaining. But for 81 minutes, yeah. I am way more forgiving of it. If you don't know Phone Booth, I want to say this film came out in like early noughties, 2003. Uh, yeah, 2002, 2003. 2002. And it's basically a lock-in film. You've got this like super city slicker character played by Colin Farrell who like, they really, there's this basically one long continuous shot where he walks through the city streets with his guy who's his assistant. He's a bit of a scam, a bit of a chancer. And he stands next to a phone booth which rings and he picks it up and this guy is like I have a 90 caliber sniper rifle pointed at you if you, if you hang up this phone I'm going to kill you yeah. and the film goes on from there and it's such it's really of its time it is, it is very much like a post matrix millennial digital we're all connected and beamed into mm. this world it's very like political in its own little mm. way but you made a face like you've not thought about that film in a while but are you a phone booth fan? I've only seen phone booth once but uh I've only seen Phone Booth once, but I have a soft spot for it because when I was like six or seven, I was desperate to see that film. Yeah. Okay, I kept saying, I really want to see Phone Booth. And people would say to me, what's your favorite film? And I would say, oh, Star Wars and Phone Booth, yeah. which I haven't seen yet, but like, it will be my favorite film. <laughs> come fly with me, guys. Like, Avatar 2 is my favorite film. It hasn't come out yet, but I know it's going to be sick. 
and I was just really because there was something about the premise that I thought was so intriguing. It was yeah. like, oh my god, the, the idea of a lock. Easy to market. Yeah. Easy to market that film. And look, at eighty minutes is basically an extended TV episode. Eighty-one minutes, like because that is a concept where he spends the whole time in the phone booth and it's this like yeah. terrorist plot and he has to like call the police and people are getting yeah. shot around him and his wife and his like yeah. girl, his mistress that he's sleeping with. Yes, yeah, get yeah, dragged in and it's like the gun he was chosen the yeah, yeah. and there's like yeah, he finds a gun above the top. I, I actually think, I promise you, if you watched Phone Booth, you would have a really good yes. time and yeah. you would be thrilled. And at 81 minutes, there's yeah. no commitment. Phone also, booth. I would say Colin Farrell could do no wrong. And yeah, I, I Colin really Farrell's like great. solid stuff. He's really good. Um, I, I, yeah, I, that's taking me back to like blockbuster era. <laughs> yes, it is a blockbuster era. It has a it has a, a cover which is Colin Farrell's eye through a gunshot wound <laughs> through a shot piece of glass in the phone booth <laughs> with the sniper molecule over his face and his like sweaty like face looking through it with a phone call and it's just screaming rent me for the weekend. <laughs> phone booth. They don't make them like they used to. They don't. God bless the early noughties. James, mm. 96 minutes. Okay, pushing it. But yeah, go on. Uh, I think 96 <laughs> is still serviceable. It's a nice yeah. bit. If it's someone fun. said to me it was 96 minutes long, I think that's allowable. Okay. If yeah. they said 100 minutes, get out. Yeah. If they said 99 minutes, <laughs> leave I my home. It, okay? yeah. 96 minutes. Mm. Paddington. Oh, Not Paddington 2, that's 104 minutes. Get out. Oh, too long. <laughs> too, Paddington too long. Yeah. Paddington 1. Great. I mean, yeah, both, both, uh, length aside, both Paddington films are yes. way better than you can imagine, even when everybody tells you how good they are. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know what to say. It's Go just, watch yeah. Paddington. Yeah. This is eight minutes shorter than Uncle Pastuzo. That's, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's in there. Don't, you're not going to make me cry again. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, this is a quick one that we already mentioned at 88 minutes Zombieland which we had yeah. already talked about. Wonderful, satirical, zombie film. Really good fun. Haven't seen the sequel, but I've heard I don't need to. Don't want to see the sequel, but I remember thinking that film was deliciously entertaining. Yeah. Um, I think um, it ended on a big good one. And then, I'll just, I'll just get, last one at 92 minutes that I've got is a film called Easy A. Oh, great Stone, film! Which is a fantastic film. Great film! And I think it was towards the... It, it, I feel like that film was hitting just at the end of when those films were big. Like, the, one of the last trickles of that mean girls, generation though. of, like, the, the, the big Clueless budget. Mean Girls. Clueless yeah. Mean Girls. Got, like, a proper cinematic release. Still yeah. kind of on the verge of Netflix, like, swallowing up that genre. And I think kind of leaving yeah. it uh, neglected. And I think Easy A's a, a really good one. I think still stands up. Terrific Stanley Tucci in that. Great Stanley Tucci. Do you know what? I, that's got a really solid cast. Yeah. Emma Stone, Stanley Tucci, Patricia Clarkson, Thomas Hayden Church, Lisa yeah. Kudrow, Malcolm yeah. McDowell, and I'm pretty sure there's another guy in there as well somewhere. Maybe Woody Harrelson. I don't know. No. I've made that up. I've made that up. That's but fine. that's a very good type. Just because he was in Reign of Fire. <laughs> no, that's Matthew McConaughey. Oh, God. No. Racist. Get the Texans Oh, God. I'm getting all confused. No, he, uh, I was getting confused because Matthew McConaughey. Um, Wait, Woody is Woody Harrelson in. No. He's not an easy A, he's in Edge of 17. Okay. And yes. Matthew McConaughey is in Reign of Fire, <laughs> right? Okay. Thank you. And Woody Harrelson is also can do no wrong in my eyes. I, I would I would I I enjoy him in everything. Yeah, Woody Harrelson's good in everything. He's really good in Friends with Benefits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can play that character now. No. 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 Um you got any more? Let us know what your 90-minute films are, okay? Yes. We hope we've given you something you can easily crack into. Like a five, six-minute buffer if it's just over 90. There's yeah. credits. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's buffer time there, but like they're yeah. all under 100 minutes. Yeah. Um, I think that there is an art to it, and I think 
that most films should try to aim to be 90 minutes. Do you remember when we went to see It Chapter 2? And it was oh like, God. and that yeah. was like 180 minutes and like un- unforgivable, unforgivable. I, I will forgive anything under 90 maybe. I remember turning to my cousin because I'd heard about the length of this film. We're literally walking in. I said, you know, it's three hours, uh, three hours and 15 minutes long. And he's like, what? Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's it's three hours long. He was like, you're fucking joking. And I was like, yeah, like it was like an 8.30 show. And I was like, well, we're out of here at midnight baby like this is not and i was like i can't believe it's going to be three hours and i and it would that's a long that's a waste what i actually thought the first it reboot was 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 good it it had some good ideas very on the nose but i was like good scare jesus chapter two bad so next time keep it tight 90 minutes let us know send us your 90 minute films to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com um thank you very much for listening to this episode of pop kitchen as you know we post a new episode of this show every single wednesday and we also post loads of clips throughout the week games reviews um news follow us on instagram and tiktok subscribe to us on youtube drop us a like that really makes a difference if you're listening on spotify give us five stars rating please do it really makes a difference um yeah see you next week see you next week Thank you.